Once again, it's Friday night, 6 p.m. You're tuned in to Louie Live, and I'm your host, Louie, and we are definitely live. Hope you're out of work for the weekend and you're on your way home. And we're going to start the weekend off with a song called Dream Weaver by Mr. Gary Wright. And I haven't heard this song in a long time, but I heard it the other day while I was out dining. And they had a good stereo in this establishment and brought back a lot of memories. So I'm going to turn you on to new memories right now, starting with Dreamweaver by Mr. Gary Wright. And once again, you're tuned to the Louie Live, and I'm your host, Louie, and we are definitely live. So you're going to want to turn it up for this song right here.
All right, and that was Gary Wright with a song called Dream Weaver. Another oldie but a goodie. So, like I said, it's Friday night. You're tuned in to Louie Live. I'm your host, Louie, and we are definitely live. So much going on in the news around the world. Where do you even start, right? One thing that's starting, as always, is I'm having some issues with this iMac. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's always some glitches, no matter what. Murphy's Law, right? So, I saw this article. It says the uh, Burlington Cruise to repair potholes ahead of the winter weather. It's pretty cold out today. I was driving into the studio and my uh, thermometer in my car said 5 degrees. I believe it because, you know, when you're going outdoors and everything's crunching under your feet, you know it's pretty cold then. So, it says, uh, before the next batch of winter weather hits, Burlington Public Work crews are out on the streets. They will be trying to quickly make some pothole repairs. Because they're predicting storm for this weekend, three to six inches in the valley. The Champlain Valley, they call it, right? Here in Burlington, Vermont. Says city crews say this past weekend's ice storm wasn't as bad as expected. But the large rainfall, following by freezing conditions, created some issues. Water into the cracks in the road caused some holes to pop open. A few tons of asphalt were being readied to fill the holes. One thing about living up here in the Northeast is that there's always a lot of issues with the weather. It's not like living out on the West Coast where they can pave the roads once and uh, they're good for about 50 years, right? Because all they have is some earthquakes out there and still having issues with this iMac here. Might have to cut out for a while. Might have some dead air. This next article says... The mayor of Burlington, Mira Weinberger, he affirms that Burlington is committed more than ever to welcoming refugees, which we do. As long as people come to the United States legally, everybody is welcome. Myself, personally, I don't blame in sanctuary cities and sanctuary states to hide out refugees, if that's what they want to call them. I would like to go anywhere around the world and be welcomed. And if I did move somewhere else, say to England or Africa or Japan or France, I would go there legally and I would respect their culture. I wouldn't be like some people that come here and everything offends them. The flag offends them. The national anthem offends them. Walking my dog offends them. When you go into someone's house, you respect that you're in their house. It's called common courtesy and decency, right? But the mayor of Burlington, Mira Weinberger, 
He sent a letter to the U.S. State Department saying he wants Burlington to continue to welcome refugees. The letter sent to Secretary Pompeo is in response to the Trump's administration executive order saying that state and local governments must consent to refugees. Earlier this week, Governor Phil Scott, Republican of Vermont, affirmed the state's commitment to welcoming refugees. The mayor said that every year under the Trump administration, the number of refugees coming to Chittenden County has gone down. The city of Burlington wants to ensure that Burlington will continue to be a place where refugees are able to be resettled and welcomed, said Vera Weinberger, Democrat mayor of Burlington. During a press conference, the mayor found out about a judge's block President Trump's executive order on refugee resettlement. The mayor says it doesn't affect his welcoming stance for Burlington. Like I said, if you come to the United States legally, everybody is welcome. But when you come into a small community like the city of Burlington, and anybody knows me, knows that I've been on airwaves here for about 25 years in the Burlington area. Read a lot of articles. And one thing that's never really changed much in the Burlington area is housing. We don't have any. It's always been about 2% apartment availability in the Chittenden County area. And it used to be that you could rent an apartment and had two parking spaces allowed. But then, the laws changed and it went from two parking spaces down to one. And now, I'm not exactly sure, but they might have changed the laws. And now you might not even have any parking spaces when you rent an apartment in the Burlington area. And as I said, it's always been about 2% availability. Then it went down to 1%. And I've read articles here over the last couple of years where there's basically no apartments available throughout the Burlington area. They have been building quite a bit. I give them credit for that. Whether it's affordable, I can't really say so. Seems like a lot of them are one-bedroom apartments. And they go anywhere from like, let's say, 450 square feet up to 1,000. But I've seen advertisements for a one-bedroom apartment in the Burlington area for 1,000 square feet at approximately $2,000 or more a month. It's a lot of money, folks, for one person to swing. Unless you're somebody out of college and you have a master's degree, you get a good job in the Vermont area, you're most likely probably going to be working for the government because the government is the largest employer in the state of Vermont. And most likely they're the ones that can afford to pay you enough to rent a one-bedroom apartment for $2,000 or more a month.
see it on the news. They're trying to pass in the legislation right now family leave. So if you have a baby, they want to give you, let's say, two months off to stay home with a baby before you have to send it to childcare or whatever. And two months can go by in the blink of an eye. Myself, personally, I don't think it's long enough. But in a state like Vermont, where there's a little over a half a million people, we're a very small state. Our population is small. And as I said, the government is the largest employer. So if you're working for the government, they are the ones who are most likely going to be able to give you two months off after you have a baby with pay at the taxpayer's expense. And most other companies that have half a dozen employees or not, they're probably not going to be able to afford to give you two months at home time with pay. Might start the chain reaction of driving companies out of business. I don't know what's going to happen with that, folks. But when you have a small company and you only have a few employees, I don't know if they have enough budgeted to give somebody two months off pay. That's reality. But that's what's going on in the state of Vermont right now. The mayor wants to bring in more refugees than ever. But on the scales of life, on the other scale, you have the fact that there's no place for them to live. And then you see on the news all the time, the sex article, State House Vigil plan to recognize Vermont homeless people. So advocates are holding a Homelessness Awareness Day and Memorial Vigil at the State House in Montpelier this past Wednesday, which was yesterday. Two days ago, I'm sorry. <coughs> it says portraits are going up inside the State House. I'm assuming of homeless people, right? Out in the cold, literally freezing to death because there's no housing, especially affordable housing. So these people, they have vigils at the state house. They put up portraits inside of homeless people. And people will gather on the steps as part of the Homelessness Awareness Day in Vermont. Well, homelessness awareness is every single day of the year, folks, not just one day. When people can take the time out of their busy schedules to go to the state house, do a little protesting. A lot more to it than that. The event is being organized by the Vermont Coalition to End Homelessness and the Chittenden County Homeless Alliance. The organizations are asking for those attending to talk to local leaders about what is being done to address homelessness. According to the one-day count, 1,089 Vermonters were found to be homeless on a single night in January of 2019. They say that's a 15% drop from a one-day count in 2018. But advocates say 
homelessness is still a major challenge for Vermonters. Uh, yes, it is, folks, and it always has been. And like I said, I've been on the airways for about 25 years or so now, reading articles just like this on a yearly basis, on a weekly basis, talking about homelessness and how there's no affordable housing. They can build all the housing they want, but if people can't afford it, they're going to be homeless. And that's a scary thing when you live in an environment like Vermont, where today, as I said, when I drove in, it's five degrees on my car thermometer, and the wind chill factor could be below zero. I'm sure that it is. People can literally freeze to death being homeless in the state of Vermont. So one thing I say to Miro Weinberger, the Democratic mayor of Burlington, Vermont, before you bring in more refugees, try building more housing that is affordable. And I'm not talking about one-bedroom units that are going between, let's say, $1,500 to $2,000. That is not affordable housing. So we got a lot to get on to today, and uh, we're going to go to a song. This one is by System of a Down, and it's Toxicity of the City. Once again, you're tuned in to Louis Lavin. I'm your host, Louis, and we're definitely live. Got the IMAX fixed and we're back up and running.
Toxicity by System of a Down. So, as I was saying, there's a lot of issues in Vermont with affordable housing. The fact that there never has really ever been any. It's always been about 2% availability in the Chittenden County area, but now it's like there's none. Apartments are getting smaller. You ever notice that you can go on a website looking to rent an apartment and whether it's in Vermont, Chicago, or California, what's becoming really popular is it'll say the average foot when renting an apartment is, let's say, $2 a square foot. And that's going to be the norm within a couple of years, whether you're in Vermont, Chicago, or California. So if the norm is $2 per square foot to rent an apartment, and if you're renting a 1,000 square foot apartment, you can automatically calculate it yourself as $2,000 a month. You can check it out for yourself if you want to. That's what it's coming to, folks. And this article right here, it says a new Burlington permitting office is to provide one-stop shop for builders, which is going to be convenient if you're a builder. It says a new one-stop permitting center has opened in the city of Burlington with a goal of helping make city government more efficient and easier to use for the citizens. In the past, a typical small project would have required the average Burlington homeowner to make multiple stops at the city's planning and zoning office then inspection services on Pine Street, and then code enforcement. All three offices in different locations. Now, it's a one-stop shop. Finally, somebody used a little common sense and put all of these locations under one roof. Sometimes common sense takes a while to come around. Especially when you're living in the self-proclaimed most liberal state in the United States. 
which Vermont has done. The Democrats and the liberals somehow elected a Republican governor, Phil Scott, believe it or not. Right? Either he's a Democrat himself or they use him as a scapegoat. It's a flip of a coin, right? So like it's saying here, we are here to recognize and celebrate a long-discussed overdue change in government to address the most persistent complaint about city government, said Burlington Mayor Vera Weinberger. He's on the news today a lot in the show. So he was at the ribbon cutting this past Wednesday for the ceremony to open the office to consolidate these three offices together. Weinberger says that in the past, and this probably explains why there's no affordable housing in Vermont, but Mayor Weinberger, the mayor, says in the past, routine projects had a 20% likelihood of getting through permitting the first time due to the complicated nature of the process. It's pretty slim, isn't it? 20% chance of getting through the complicated nature of the processing for permits. He says, it's been just a complex and fractured and challenging system for a long time. Why does it take these people so long to correct things? When they see something like this wrong, they have three permitting agencies in different locations Why does it take them decades to correct a situation like this? I know a lot of the uh, people that used to be housed in city hall, government offices, when they built a lot of that buildings down on the waterfront, a lot of them moved into those offices on the waterfront can only imagine what the rents are being on the waterfront in Burlington and the taxpayers are paying for it. It's a little secret, folks. A lot of people don't realize that a lot of the government offices moved out of City Hall years ago and down onto the waterfront so they could have better views and go sit out on the waterfront and eat their lunch and whatnot. A lot of things go on in the city that people don't know about. It says now all are under one roof on Pine Street under the new title, the Department of Permitting and Inspections. Mayor Weinberger says the new system will not only save taxpayers an estimated $100,000 annually, but also help improve the success rate of permit intake, closure and first time success. Hopefully, better than 20% success rate. Realistically speaking, 25, 30%. Pushing it, probably 30%. (coughs) I'll be looking into it as time goes by. And I'll be reading the articles on my show as to what the increase 
of the success rate for permits to go through this process is becoming because now these three locations are located on Pike Street under one roof. So we'll be looking forward to articles about that. Where do you go from there, right? <coughs> Anybody see that debate the other night, the Democrat debate? I watched it for about a few minutes and came to the conclusion right off the bat that these uh, people running for president on the Democrat ticket don't have a clue as to what's going on in the real world. <laughs> why nobody watches and the ratings are so low. Adam Schiff, right? The head honcho leading the indictments, leading this whole sham and hoax of an impeachment trial against the President of the United States of America. Adam Schiff. He was on Jeopardy the other night. They described him. They showed a picture of him. And the three people on Jeopardy did not know who he was. Nobody guessed correctly who Adam Schiff was. Can you believe that, folks? pretty sad because we live in a society where people are so turned off by politics that they don't have televisions and if they do they don't have cable they just stream shows over Netflix and whatnot a lot of people don't want to deal with reality myself personally I think that's very wrong because when you have people like Adam Schiff who is leading the charge, along with Nancy Pelosi, to impeach the President of the United States of America, who was guilty of no crimes whatsoever. After three years, millions of documents, $100 million in taxpayers' money wasted, no evidence whatsoever. They questioned hundreds of people trying to dig up any kind of dirt to unseat the President of the United States. Absolutely nothing. Four different investigations. And then they ask the people on Jeopardy, people who think that they're very intelligent. They know what's going on in the world. So they go on Jeopardy. And then they ask him a simple question. They show a picture of Adam Schiff. Who is this guy? Nobody knows. That's pretty bad, isn't it, folks? They don't even teach anything about civil matters in school anymore. No more civics class. No trades classes. No home ec, no culinary arts, no auto shop, woodworking, 
A lot of schools don't have music class. A lot of schools can't afford sports. People have less children than ever. When I was growing up, people had six to nine kids in their Catholic families. And the reason you say Catholic is because in those days, Catholics didn't believe in birth control. And that's why these families all had a dozen kids. That's why when you went to school, when I was growing up, there was 25 to 30 kids in every classroom. And nowadays, some classrooms have maybe a half a dozen kids. And a lot of schools are closing and they're consolidating because people aren't having kids anymore. I read articles right here on this show saying that people can't even afford to date. You know, when you're going out there and you're spending $12,000, $2,000 a month for a one-bedroom apartment, and you've got student loans to deal with, and an automobile, and insurance, and all that, and then you've got to buy food and health care, no wonder people can't even afford a date. No wonder they're closing down schools and consolidating. Vermont is one of the most expensive states as far as financing per student goes. And you have to ask your money, where's all this money going to then? We're spending more than ever. Well, you have to go to your city hall and get a copy of the budget, like I always say, and you will see that the majority of your taxes goes towards government employee salaries and benefits. That's the problem right there, folks. So what do they do? They don't want to close down the schools. And if they want to keep getting federal money, you have to have so many students in a school. So you have people like the Burlington Democrat mayor, Mira Weinberger, bringing in more refugees. And the majority of the refugees that we bring into this country don't speak English. A lot of them don't have an education. There's some refugees that come to Vermont and the rest of the United States that, believe it or not, have never seen indoor plumbing or electricity. Some of these people in these third world countries, folks, are like pulling them right out of the Stone Age. Honest to God. And they bring them here. They put them in school. We have to have special ed teachers to teach them English and ones that can speak their language. <coughs> That's where it gets expensive, too. They're building some houses over off of Dorset Street. And the woman was discussing them. And she was saying that I guess there was going to be like 50 to 60 units. But these places are basically, from what I assume from listening to her, she said they're already full and occupied, right? They're already spoken for. She was talking about refugees coming to the United States. 
And she says a lot of these families are bigger than the average United States family. So they need bigger apartments, three to four bedrooms, right? Three to four bedrooms. Like I say, the average people in the United States nowadays, they get out of college, they have student loans to pay back, they have to pay their rent, health insurance, food in their stomachs, roof over their head. A lot of people, once they get married and get established, a lot of them don't even think about having a baby till they're almost 40 years old, if they do decide to have one. A lot of people nowadays have fur babies. One or two pets, dogs or cats. They call them their children, their family, which they are, because I've had a lot of pets in the past and they are like family, that's, that's for certain. Yeah, I loved a lot of my pets better than some of my family members brothers and sisters at times, and uh, cousins and whatnot. But that's what families are all about, right? <coughs> like I said, the average American family, if they do have a child, that child will go to daycare, and they'll have a dog most of the time, and that dog will go to doggy daycare. Then the couple goes off to their jobs. That's the American dream for them. Very simple. And very sad, too, because like I said, I've read articles here saying how people nowadays can't even afford to date. But yet, the mayor, Mira Weinberger, Democrat of Burlington, Vermont, wants to just keep bringing in more refugees. He knows we don't have the housing for him. What is he thinking? I think the politicians in Vermont need to focus on building more affordable housing. The key word affordable here. Never mind importing more refugees. Never mind legalizing marijuana. I read an article the other day the legislation in Vermont right now is discussing legalizing prostitution. And if you've ever listened to my show, folks, I've been saying right along, basically the only things yet to legalize is gambling and prostitution. Because as I've always said, if you live in a state like Vermont, which has a small population of about 600,000 people, and the government is the largest employer, you could only tax the people so much to pay for their exuberant, and yes, I said the word, exuberant salaries. Because as I've said over the years, if you go to City Hall and get a copy of the budget, you will see a lot of these people are making well over $100,000 a year, right? at the expense of people who make far less. That's not right. 
You see in New Hampshire, they're legalizing gambling. You can go into these sports bars and just continuously gambling. You can download the app on your phone and just continuously gamble. This is an addiction, folks, like drugs. And it shouldn't be extended just at the expense of creating more money to go in the salaries and benefits of the government employees through taxing people who are addicted to drugs, alcohol, and gambling. And now they're going to throw prostitution into it. So you know, folks, if you can't pay your bills, become a prostitute. That's the message that the state of Vermont is sending to its people. If you can't afford your apartment, become a prostitute. If you can't afford your medications, become a prostitute. If you can't afford to heat your home, the state of Vermont is telling you to become a prostitute. The state of Vermont, folks, does not care about you or me. They don't care if you're addicted to gambling, you spend all your money, you lose everything you have, you're living out in the street. Every year, they'll meet at the state house in Montpelier. They'll have a vigil. They'll light some candles. They'll hang some portraits of you living out in the street inside of the Capitol. They'll feel better about it. And then at Thanksgiving time, they'll meet you at the homeless shelter. And they'll give you a free turkey dinner. That'll make them feel better, won't it? That'll ease their conscience. Don't let them fool you, folks. The state of Vermont or any other state does not care about your well-being. You know, you can sell drugs to make money to pay your rent. You can prostitute yourself. That's the reality, folks. Don't let them kid you. I'm going to go to another song here. First hour of our show is almost done. Maybe we should just ride it out because then I'll be switching over to kick in the second hour of my podcast. You can type my name into the internet, pretty much any search engine. Type in Louie Live. It'll bring up my podcasting. Having some more issues here with the IMAX. This thing likes to freeze up a lot. One thing I've noticed also is that the pointer disappears. Myself, personally, I'm a Microsoft person. I don't believe in IMAX because they basically do what they want to do. We'll get back to it. So, like I was talking earlier about the debates, the DNC, 
I didn't watch a lot of it the other night. I watched a few minutes of it. Like I said, it doesn't take me long to realize that they're not going to be doing anything for the people. Refugees, illegal immigrants, they'll give free medical, dental, housing, college education. They'll give them the shirts off of your back. That's right. Not their back, but they will give them the shirts off of your back at your expense. Whether you like it or not. But one thing at the end of the debate, and I didn't see it, but there's videos all over Facebook and all over the social media of this little conversation that Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders had at the end of the debate. And she confronted him and she said, you called me a liar on national television. And Bernie says, we're not going to have this discussion here. We'll have it again somewhere later. And then he turned around and he said to her, you called me a liar. And then once again, he said, we're not going to have this discussion. We'll have it later. And now they're saying, according to Jane Sanders, Bernie's wife, the discussion is over. So, you know, they just want to sweep that under the rug like they do things that pertain to the Democrats and making them look bad. They don't want you to know that one another's calling each other liars and doing dirty deeds to one another. But like it says, this is the article. The two tangled on stage over a private conversation between the two of them that took place two years ago. Elizabeth Warren says Sanders told her in 2018 that a woman couldn't win the presidency. Asked about it on stage during Tuesday's debate in Iowa, Bernie Sanders says that's not true. Once the debate ended, Elizabeth Warren challenged him. And she said, I think you call me a liar on national television. Senator Bernie Sanders says, you know, let's not do it right now. If you want to have that conversation, we'll have that discussion. Senator Elizabeth Warren said, anytime. And then Senator Bernie Sanders replied, you called me a liar. You told me, all right, let's not do it now. And Sanders told reporters yesterday in Washington that he and Warren haven't spoke since. So I guess they're not going to have that conversation. But like I said, they discussed it with Jane Sanders, Bernie's wife. And she said the discussion is over. She doesn't want to discuss it either. Bernie should send her a letter to Elizabeth Warren saying if you don't get the nomination and if uh, you don't become the president of the United States, then maybe they can offer her a job at Burlington College teaching a woodworking class and pay her $500,000 like the Sanders did their own daughter. <laughs> Yes, they did, folks. Do you believe that? The Sanders, they paid their daughter 
$500,000 to teach a woodworking class. Bernie should pass that information on to all the other Democrats, like Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi. You know, don't put your son on a committee for an energy company in Ukraine. Right? Acquire a local technical college and give them $500,000 for teaching a woodworking class. Amazing, huh? Keep the old family right on the gravy train. You know, you can look throughout the history of Bernie Sanders and his family, and you'll see that there's been times where they've been riding a gravy train together. Something, huh? I'm going to take a little break here, folks. And I'm going to try and get this uh, iMac fixed here. And we'll be back in a second. So, where do we go from there? Let's move on to some uh, national news. And like I always say, this isn't a news show. It's an opinion show. Independent opinion, which is mine. I've always been an independent. I like Republicans and Democrats, but there's a lot of bad apples out there nowadays, folks. Both sides of the fence, Republicans and Democrats. A lot of these people, they believe in a new world order. They want to drop the walls at the borders. They want to rip up the Constitution. They want us to be one big happy world. I see the Pope at the Vatican recently meeting with a lot of Islamic leaders, right? Washing their feet, kissing their feet, talking about one world order, one world religion. <clears throat> I don't know if the Pope knows anything about history. Apparently not. Apparently doesn't care anything about the Bible, whichever version you're most fond of. I don't know if the Pope realizes that Islam, from what we see on social media, is not the religion of peace. Maybe in their point of view. I think it's a little strict when uh, people, if they don't want to convert to Islam, they will cut your head off, kill you, torture you, rape you, your whole family. We've seen on the news how they take gay people and throw them off the rooftops and kill them. Right? So I don't know if the Pope realizes it. But if there's going to be one world religion, 
these people of Islam are not seeing Catholics as the religion of the world in the future. A lot of them even say they come to the United States not to assimilate, but to take control and kill anyone that does not believe what they believe. A lot of that going on, folks, and it's going to be a scary world, I'm thinking, in 20 years from now, because it's going to be some major wars going on. Good against evil. From what I've been saying all these years, you can feel it, you can sense it, you can see it coming. <coughs> I don't know, folks. A lot of people, they want to replace this Pope. A lot of people haven't liked him from day one. You ever notice how Bernie Sanders, when he was running for the president of the United States the last time around... He went over to the Vatican and met the Pope. What's that all about? Bernie Sanders isn't Catholic. He doesn't even say anything about Jewish people. You ever heard Bernie Sanders say anything good about Jewish people? I don't get him. People say he's a socialist, he's a communist, he's a lot of things. I've never perceived Bernie Sanders as a American, a patriot. When Bernie Sanders was the mayor of Burlington, back in those days, he got married to his wife, Jane. <coughs> they went over to Russia and honeymooned at the kite of the Cold War. I don't know how that was even possible. I think you would have to get consent from the White House to go honeymoon in Russia at the height of the Cold War. And then when he came back and he was the mayor of Burlington, Vermont, they created all of these sister cities throughout the USSR. What's up with that? You know, if he was Republican, the Democrats would be saying, well, he went over there and he met with the Russians, the evil Russians. They call the Russians to this very day in the year 2020, the evil Russians. But if Bernie Sanders was a Republican and he went over to Russia and honeymooned and if he created all of these sister cities throughout the USSR, you know, they would be saying, well, he went over there to find places to launder money. You know they would for sure. But Bernie's always had ties to Cuba. We've seen times when Vermont politicians have gone over to Cuba and they discussed agriculture, so they say. It's not like there's not enough people on the other side of the northern border to deal with. Farmers been doing that for years and uh, according to the farmers, they've been getting screwed over. NAFTA was a really bad deal created by Bill Clinton and the Democrats. President Trump just nipped that in the bud. But he's not getting any credit for it. You don't see it on the news. You know, 
if the liberal evil media had to say anything good about the president of the United States, their tongues would snap right off and fall on the ground. And this is what's been going on. The Senate passes the U.S.-Canada-Mexico trade deal as a Trump priority. The Senate has overwhelmingly approved a new North America trade pact that rewrites the rules of trade with Canada and Mexico. Passage of the measure gives President Donald Trump a major policy victory. And that does. It'll be a victory for the farmers too and everybody else looking to do business with Canada and Mexico. The measure goes to Trump for his signature. It would replace a 25-year-old North American free trade agreement known as NAFTA. As I said, it was created by, at the time, President Bill Clinton in his administration. It says it tore down most trade barriers and triggered a surge in trade. And as we all see, even though they're trying to impeach President Donald Trump, there is still a major confidence from the consumers of the United States of America and the stock market is over 29,000 points at the end of the market when the bell rang today, Friday, January 17th, 2020. So people around the world know that this attempt to impeach the president of the United States is nothing but a sham. And it's going to blow up in the faces of the Democrats now that it's going to the Senate. Because hopefully they open up this big can of worms and they drag Joe Biden in for questioning and his son Hunter Biden who's involved in the Ukraine scandals and they drag in Nancy Pelosi and her son, John Pelosi, who are also involved in the Ukraine scandals. John Kerry, and I'm not sure if it's his son or his nephew, but they're also involved in these Ukraine scandals. And a lot of other politicians have their children on committees in third world countries who would give aid to and then they get the money kicked back to their bank accounts. I read an article last week that Chelsea Clinton received $9 million that we know of from sitting on foreign committees. And you know, folks, their parents will probably never go to prison because they're too damn old, right? Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, John Kerry. They won't go to prison. But I think they're deathly afraid that attorney William Barr will put their children in prison for life. And that's why they drag their feet so long, walking the impeachment papers from the House over to the Senate. I've been saying that right along, folks, and uh, we'll see. There's going to be any form of justice. That's exactly what will happen. (coughs) The noose will tighten. 
around the coup d'etat that has been trying for the last three years to unseat the President of the United States of America. You know, folks, as I said here from day one, three years ago, this is exactly how it was going to go. And President Trump will have absolutely nothing to do with it. It will be because of the Democrats didn't know when to shut their mouths and go away. They say that's what happens with criminals. That for some reason in their heads, they just want to get caught. You ever watch any TV shows like that? These old detective shows where they'll be like a serial killer or something. And the person just keeps sending clues out to the police and the media. Because for some sick reason, they want to get caught. And I've said that about the Democrats too. They could have just all let this blow over when Trump became president. They could have worked across the aisle with the Republicans. They could have been working on health care for the last three years. Or the infrastructure, which is what they're supposed to be doing. But instead, they got this new blood into the Washington swamp. And they don't want to go along with what Nancy Pelosi says, or Bernie Sanders. These are younger people who are now into the system. They want free health care for everybody. They want free education. Just their health care plan alone is going to be $100 trillion. So they preach to the naive and the gullible. And they say, we're going to tax the rich people. We're going to tax the billionaires who are going to pay for that $100 trillion health care for all plan. They call it Medicare for all. Everybody knows Medicare stinks, doesn't cover anything. You have to have supplementary insurance. Doctors don't want to take it. Nobody wants to see you if you have Medicare. And now they want to give it to everybody. Just the sound of it is a disaster. But if you wanted to pay for it, like the Democrats say, you'll have to tax the billionaires. Well, if you were to take all of the money from the billionaires in this country, they say you would only accumulate about nine to ten trillion dollars, right? So that leaves about ninety trillion dollars still that they're going to have to come up with. And even Joe Biden said on one of the Democrat debates in the very beginning, they don't talk about it no more. It's taboo now because they know it's ludicrous. You cannot come up with $100 trillion. If you tax all the billionaires, you only come up with 9 or $10 trillion. 
So, where are you going to come up with the other $90 trillion? Joe Biden said at the debate that it would be the largest chunk coming out of your paycheck every week. That's where the money would come from. That's where that $90 trillion would come from, folks. That's only Medicare for all. That's not even education or anything. (coughs) A lot of them say they want to tax you 70% of your income. That's what Bernie Sanders says. Then you have Alexandria Cortez, who says that she wants to tax you 80% of your income. Not 70% like Bernie Sanders and the rest, but she wants to tax you 80%. And this is the person that they're thinking about who would be Bernie's vice president if Bernie got the nomination, which it doesn't look like he's going to get. This is the story going out there now, folks. They're saying that because of the impeachment, the senators have to be involved in the impeachment process, such as Bernie Sanders, and he won't be out on the road. So when it comes to going out and knocking on doors and kissing babies in like Iowa or whatever, he won't be there. So he's gonna lose votes He's going to go down in the polls and he's going to start losing donations and he will lose the Democrat nomination once again. And they're saying how it's planned. They're saying it was planned all along. This is why they're impeaching the President Trump. It's all a big smoke screen (coughs) to get Bernie off the road, to make Bernie lose the Democrat nomination once again. I don't know, folks, that's going a little bit far. I mean, you know, as far as I could imagine that, I don't believe that at all. But I do think that all of these people running for president of the United States should definitely recuse themselves because otherwise it's definitely a conflict of interest and it will definitely be considered in the history books as interfering in an election and trying to ruin the president's chance of being reelected. Definitely. This article right here says uh, Senator Blackburn, Marcia Blackburn, Republican of Tennessee on Thursday called on four Democrat senators who are seeking their party's presidential nomination to recuse themselves from President Donald Trump's impeachment trial, claiming they cannot remain impartial when they all hope to replace the president in the White House. Definitely. But when it comes to the president's responsibility to the American citizens, and his duty to investigate anyone that is blackmailing foreign countries, such as Ukraine, such as Joe Biden and his son Hunter. Because like I say, don't take my word for it. You go right out there in the social media world, you go on the internet, you go on YouTube, 
You can go on my wall, Louis Bowden, I'm on Facebook, and I posted videos of Joe Biden bragging about how these people who are investigating his son, Hunter Biden, were not going to get their $1.5 billion in foreign aid if they didn't fire the investigator who was investigating his son, Hunter Biden. And like I said, folks, this is the kicker right here. This is what the government should be focusing on, the investigators. They should be focusing on the fact that Joe Biden said to them, they said, we're going to call Obama, the president at the time, and tell him that you are blackmailing us for our $1.5 billion aid money. And Joe Biden said to them, go ahead and call Obama. And you're not going to get your $1.5 billion until you fire the investigator who was investigated by son Hunter Biden. And he says, I'm leaving on a plane in about six hours. And Joe Biden bragged about how within six hours, he said, guess what? They fired the SOB. So then he released the $1.5 billion money in aid to Ukraine, and they got their aid money. That's all over social media, folks. You can go check that out. You'll see that video. Quid pro quo from Big Joe Biden. Guilty as charged. Incriminated himself on the world stage. We got it all on video. And this is the president's responsibility and obligation to the people and the United States of America to protect it from people such as Joe Biden and his son from blackmailing third world countries from their aid money. So back to Senator Marsha Blackburn here. She says that these four people running for president on the Democrat ticket should recuse themselves from the impeachment trial, claiming they cannot remain impartial when they all hope to replace the president in the White House. Their night job is going out and running for president, she said, so they should recuse themselves. She said this about Senator Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Michael Bennett, and Amy Klobuchar, Democrat of Minnesota. Now, Amy Klobuchar and Michael Bennett they're going to be dropping out soon. They're probably not even pulling 1% in the polls. But they have the money to stay into the race. And that's what qualifies them mainly. She noted there is a precedent for individuals seeking to be recused or should have been recused. This came up in 1868 in the Andrew Johnson impeachment. So I think that this is something that should be considered by the body, Blackburn said. 
I think it is something that these individuals, they should look at. He says, we're spending millions of dollars to defeat this guy, and we don't want him to be president. So how are they supposed to be impartial? How are they supposed to be fair? When they take the oath of office and they turn right around to the cameras and they refer to the president, Donald Trump, they say, we are going to impeach this mother effer. How is that being fair? People like this should be removed from office immediately, prosecuted for treason, and thrown in Fort Leavenworth. Or Guantanamo Bay. Take your pick. Right? I don't know, folks. Like I say, this is a president who's doing all of these things for the goodness of the country. Like the Senate passes the U.S.-Canada-Mexico trade deal. No mention of it on the news whatsoever. Right? They passed this trade deal with China. We're going to be pulling in approximately $250 billion a year from this new China trade deal. Amazing, isn't it? President Trump must be waving that magic wand of his like crazy. The one that Obama spoke of. You know, Obama arrogantly said to the world cameras, a lot of these production jobs are not going to be coming back to the United States. And we should be getting used to a flat GDP. He said we should get used to it. Wow. Sounds like he's bragging that him and his people did their best to ruin the United States of America. And these jobs weren't coming back because there's just so many loopholes to jump through. It's impossible to start a business in America and hire people and expand, get through the permit process to even build a business or housing. You know, an article I read at the beginning of the show was in the words of the Democrat mayor of Burlington, Vermont, Miro Weinberg himself, saying that up until the year 2020, to get through the permitting process, you had to go to three different locations in town. And the success rate was only 20%. You know how frustrating that would be? Here you want to build some affordable housing to help people get off of the streets, to help the homeless people. And then you go out there and you try to build some affordable housing to get these people off the streets so they literally don't have to freeze to death on a cold Vermont winter night such as tonight where it's going to be below zero. You want to do good. You want to build some affordable housing. But the mayor himself says the success rate of getting these permits is only about 
How the heck can these people get voted into office? How can these people keep getting voted into office? It's beyond me. I ran for politics in the city of Burlington, folks. I ran for the mayor's office a couple times myself. And believe you me, I know just how dirty that these people are. There's no fairness in the city of Burlington. They can give you the appearance of fairness. And like I said, at Thanksgiving time, they'll beat y'all down to the homeless shelter. And they'll hand you out a free turkey dinner. I've seen times when one of the previous mayors, he was living up in the hill section, right? Where the rich people in Burlington live, a lot of them up in the hill section. And this guy would come to the city meetings in a little three-cylinder Geo, Chevy Geo. Remember those cars? Yeah. And I even said to him, what are you doing, giving people the impression that uh, you're an average person and you're slumming it tonight? You know, why don't you drive down here in one of your better cars? It's all about appearance and illusion. STP. That's another thing. We're going to move on to a song, I think. Who do we go to? Let's see. We've got about a half hour left on the show. Goes by fast as always. Let's play a little... Uh, this is a song by Bush. It's called Glycerine. And once again, you're tuned in to Louie Live and your host Louie, and we are definitely live.
That was Bush with a song called Glycerine. So, let's get back to the impeachment here. Now that it's been walked over to the Senate. You see how uh, Nancy Pelosi had all of these pens made up for the Democrats in the House to sign the impeachment papers before they went over to the Senate. And uh, these pens... Very nice, expensive-looking pens, custom-made. And at the beginning of the pen, they were shaped like gold bullets. (laughs) You know, I don't make this stuff up, folks. Like I said, there's pictures all over social media. You can see these pens. They were served on three different silver platters. These gold pens that look like gold bullets. And on them was Nancy Pelosi's signature. Compliments of Nancy Pelosi given to the House of Democrats for impeaching the President of the United States with absolutely no grounds and no evidence, which is going to blow up in their face in the Senate. But they rammed the thing down the people's throats. They want to hurry up and get it done by Christmas. The Republicans weren't allowed to question anyone. It was all one-sided. Adam Schiff ran the circus. Nancy Pelosi oversaw it. It was all controlled by the Democrats of the House. Very, how could you say? I mean, the word fascist probably describes it best. Fascism is what comes to mind when I review this. And they rushed it all through, all one-sided. No respect for the President of the United States whatsoever or any of the Republicans in the House. So... They didn't really question anybody. There wasn't anyone that had an actual conversation with the President of the United States, except for one person. And he said to Adam Schiff that the President did not want anything. He said it twice. No quid pro quo. 
Should have seen Adam Schiff's face. Chin hit the floor. They had absolutely nothing. This was their star witness. And he said to the world cameras, the president said to him, he said, Mr. President, what do you want? And President Donald Trump said twice, I want nothing. I want nothing. No quid pro quo. Bam, case closed. Start prosecuting the Democrats for treason. Round up the coup d'etat. Get the gallows ready, right folks? That's what our founding fathers do. They would have marched all those Democrats right out onto the lawn to the White House and hung them all by the neck because they wouldn't even have wasted a gold bullet on them or any bullet or even a pen that looked like a gold bullet. They wouldn't waste anything on them. They'd be using some of that good American rope too, guaranteed. But now that they finally walked it over to the Senate... They want to bring in witnesses. And they have a star witness. This guy, Lev Parnas. L-E-V, Lev Parnas. P-A-R-N-A-S. A businessman from the Ukraine. And he said he did not speak directly with President Trump about a pressure campaign against Ukraine that sought to benefit Trump politically despite early reports to the contrary. And who reported that to the contrary? As always, CNN, right? That's the title right there. Parnas now denies speaking with Trump despite reports he claimed he had. And if you watch the videos, folks, this guy, Lev Parnas, businessman from the Ukraine, he's sitting at the interview He's under house arrest. He's wearing an ankle bracelet, right? This is their new star witness. The guy who has absolutely less credibility than all the others, but they brought to the house to be questioned, given these nice softball questions. And Republicans weren't asked, allowed to ask nothing. This is their new star witness crooked businessman from the Ukraine. And this guy, he's wanted for a lot of things. He was at the airport with a one-way ticket back to the Ukraine when they caught him and they arrested him, right? And then they're using these scare tactics on him and I'm sure they're blackmailing him with prison time, him and his family, unless he turns against the President of the United States and gives them something to help impeach the President of the United States. But now he's denying that he ever spoke with the President, just like all of them. All of these witnesses that have come against the President, later on down the road they find out that they never spoke with the president. They never met the president. It's all secondhand knowledge, hearsay evidence, which is not allowed in any court of law in the United States of America. Because if it was, there'd be a lot of innocent people behind bars, folks. So, says right here, last November, 
CNN reported that Lev Parnas told close associates he had spoken to Trump. At one point during the party that night, Parnas and Fruman slipped out of a large reception room packed with hundreds of Trump donors to have a private meeting with President and Rudy Giuliani. According to two acquaintances, in whom Parnas confided right after the meeting. And this is what CNN wrote. CNN, making up fake lies again. Eventually, according to what Parnas told his confidence, the topic turned to Ukraine that night. The article continued. According to those two confidence, Parnas said that the big guy, as he sometimes referred to the president in conversation, another lie, because he didn't meet with him. He met with him in some picture op shots, which thousands of people do. You give a donation, you go stand there and have your picture taken with a president or any politician, or if you go into any book signing, right? You could pay a couple bucks and have your picture taken with them, just like with Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders and all of them. This guy actually never really met with the president as none of them ever have. No conversations, no relationships, no nothing. Just another pack of lies being created by CNN, the evil media, and the Democrat Party trying to unseat the President of the United States. Right? So, sometimes referred to the President in the conversation as the big guy. And they talked about tasking him, Lev Parnas, and Fruman, with what Parnas describes as a secret mission to pressure the Ukrainian government to investigate Joe Biden and his son, Hunter. Well, like I say, folks, there doesn't have to be any secret mission to investigate Joe Biden and his son, Hunter, or Nancy Pelosi and her son, John, or John Kerry and his son or nephew, whatever heck it is, who sits on one of those foreign committees in the Ukraine. There doesn't have to be any secret mission. It's the president's duty and responsibility. And this is what the president needs to do. He needs to start growing a pair and going out there and saying, it is my duty and responsibility to investigate all of these corrupt people and put them in jail. Prosecute them, put them in jail where they belong. Why anybody would even want to vote for somebody for Joe Biden like that? You know, the guy is all these things going on. All these dirty, rotten, anti-American things going on. Why would you even want him up on that stage running as one of the nominees? There's plenty of other people up there to choose from. Like I said, if John F. Kennedy was up there nowadays... When everybody's giving away free education and housing and medical and dental and on and on and on and on, right? And then John F. Kennedy was up there and he says, ask not what your country can do for you. They'd boo him right off the stage. And you know they would. The Democrat Party is dead, folks. It's been hijacked by a bunch of socialists slash communists looking to take the pressure off of young people of going out into the world and fending for yourself 
They're promising you the world, folks. They're the Pied Pipers. Free medical, dental, education. You know, if they taught you anything in school, it's never going to happen. The American dream is to go out there and prosper. The pursuit of happiness its in the Constitution. That's what this country is all about, folks. It's not about sitting home on welfare, rolling out of bed around 10 o'clock, laying around in your pajamas all day long, surfing the internet. Who the heck would want that life anyhow? God. So at the end of the article, it says right here, folks, it says, the New York Times told a different story, reporting that Mr. Lev Parnas said that although he did not, and I repeat, he did not speak with Mr. Trump about the efforts. So now the New York Times is calling CNN News a liar. Just like at the end of the debate the other night when Elizabeth Warren went over and confronted Bernie Sanders and said, you call me a liar on national television. And he says, if you want to discuss it, we'll discuss it later. And then he said to her, you called me a liar, meaning that he told her that a woman would never become president. And he denies it now. What really gets me is that all throughout the media out there, people are siding with Bernie Sanders because they say Elizabeth Warren is a habitual liar. Everything that comes out of her mouth is a lie. Well, maybe so. But you've got to really, you know, realize you're dealing with Bernie Sanders. <laughs> <coughs> This guy is the Pied Piper of the naive and the gullible. And no matter what he says to people, they just don't seem to care because he's promising them free health care, right? Free education. You know, the last time Bernie was running for president of the United States of America, he's up on the stage promising the naive and the gullible free college education while at the very same time his wife Jane Sanders was running Burlington Technical College in the ground paying their daughter $500,000 to teach a woodworking class at a technical college can you believe that you wonder why they got droven into the ground I don't even want to know what Jane Sanders' salary and benefits were, but they say when they forced her to resign, she walked away with a $250,000 golden parachute. Yeah, I'd say school was flat broke. And you can thank the Sanders for that. Yes, indeed, folks. There's a lot of people out there in the Democrat Party who could be up on that stage 
running for the nomination for president. But they're all a bunch of nut jobs, right? You ever seen Bernie Sanders commercials on television? Listen to the words coming out of his mouth. He says, the healthcare system in this country stinks. People can't afford their bills. Because, he says, the government is in control. And the government has ruined health care. Well, hello, Bernie. You, sir, are the government. You have been the government representing Vermont for approximately the last 40 years. And what about Senator Patrick Leahy? the longest sitting senator in the history of the United States of America. He's been in Washington for like, what, 58 years or something? I don't even know what the heck it is. But I've read articles in the Seven Days newspaper, and you can go to their website, folks, and I'm sure you can search through the archives and you can find this article they wrote. And if it's not there anymore, then you contact the Seven Days newspaper and you have them send you a copy of it. This was just last year or so they wrote this article. And I read it on this radio show. And it said that in 1978, right? It's like about 40 years or so ago. Senator Patrick Leahy bought a home in Virginia. Well, that's okay. He's in session in Washington. He can't work all day and all night and then fly back to Vermont. He can't afford to stay in a hotel all the time. So he buys a home in Virginia. I don't care if he buys a home in every state of the United States. All 57 states, according to Obama. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Obama was the president of the United States for eight solid years. And he said there was 57 states in the United States of America. Hello? Maybe that's proof that this guy's a foreigner. So, back to Patrick Leahy. Now, he buys a home in Virginia. His mail goes there. That's okay. I don't care if his mail goes there. I don't care if he gets UPS packages there. I don't care if he gets FedEx packages there in Virginia in a home he bought, right? But... According to the article in Seven Days Newspaper, he claims his residency in Virginia. And if you're going to claim residency there, then you shouldn't be the senator representing Vermont because you are no longer a resident of Vermont. You are a resident of Virginia, and therefore you are a fraud, and your people are fraud, and you should be prosecuted and paid back all the millions of dollars that our taxpayers paid you and your administration since 1978. Right? And that's what I say. <laughs> we got my good friend, Brother Jerome P. Alimony in the house. That's me. Actually coming into the studio tonight. Stop it. I've been working. I've been working. <laughs> Usually you just record a show. You get pretty good at it, though. Like that? Oh, yeah. Practicing. Teach me that stuff someday. <laughs> so that way it's cold like this. I won't be coming in. Exactly. Because I actually took the day off of work today. Oh, shoot. Rolled out of bed about 9.30, I did. 
got up and had a cup of coffee, made myself a big omelet. <laughs> Played it lazy. That's right. It was one of those days. It's all good, man. I tell you, I did all my snow shoveling last night, too, so I didn't have to do no shoveling today. They say we're supposed to get, like, what, about three to six inches tomorrow night? Yep. Oh, that's terrible. And I got to work. Woo. Well, that's what this country's all about, right? Right. If we switch Democrat, man, Bernie could get us a job at Burlington College teaching woodworking or something. I could do that. $500,000 a year. Well, my one good eye... I missed boat on that. <laughs> yes, we all did. Oh, well, what are you going to do, right? Hopefully, truth will prevail. I doubt it, though. This article right here is about James Comey. Remember him? He was the former FBI director, and uh, he was leaking information, and he told us the last election that he had all this dirt on Hillary Clinton and She'd broken at least 10 laws, but they weren't going to prosecute or nothing. And they questioned her and all of her people. They didn't even swear an oath. They didn't record any of the conversations. They gave all of her people immunity before they even stepped foot into their office to question them. So now they have more dirt on James Comey, and it says, uh, according to the report in the New York Times, the former FBI director is yet again under investigation for allegedly leaking classified information, this time by the United States Attorney's Office in Washington. And the Washington Post also conferred the Times reporting. And can you really believe any of these people anymore nowadays? The New York Times, the Washington Post... CNN News. I don't know. It says the uh, new investigation involves the strange case of a highly classified document obtained by Dutch hackers off of Russian computers, which influenced how Hillary Clinton's server investigation was handled. Well, you know, folks, she had a server in the closet of the bathroom in her house in New York State, right? Why, I don't know. Top secret server in your bathroom closet. I mean, that throws up a lot of red flags right there, doesn't it? So then they brought in the server. They collected all of their iPads and their cell phones. And some of the reports that I've read right here on this radio station, the FBI had these things in their possession, and they smashed them. The FBI themselves smashed these people's iPads and cell phones and whatnot. This is evidence with top secret information on it. And then James Comey, the director of the FBI at the time, goes on television, and he tells us all of this, and he reads... 10 different laws that Hillary and her people broke. And all of these people back in the older days would have definitely been prosecuted for treason. They'd all end up in Fort Leavenworth. But instead, no information was gathered by way of written testimony. Nothing was recorded. Nothing was videotaped. And their phones were smashed. 
and their iPads were smashed by the FBI themselves. So what does that tell you about the FBI director, James Comey? You know, he should be rotten in Fort Leavenworth right along with all of them. But hopefully they got a new attorney general, William Barr, who will prosecute these people. And like I say, I've always been an independent. And there are some rotten apples on both sides of the fence, Republicans and Democrats. And they've all been in it together from day one. And then you've got someone like Donald Trump who comes along and tells us that the system is corrupt and he wants to drain the swamp, right? And I'm listening to uh, Keith Richards, the lead guitarist of the Rolling Stones. He's on the news one night, right? And this is back in the very beginning. And he said that he wished that he was a citizen of the United States because he would love to vote for Donald Trump because he said, this guy is going to go to Washington, D.C., and he's going to kick them all in the teeth with both feet, right? My kind of guy. And he's going to drain the swamp. Well, you know, you can only have hope for so long, right? We've been sitting here watching this for three years now. Things just keep getting spun. Nothing's getting happening, you know what I'm saying? Nobody's going to jail. I've been reading these articles every week. For it seems like decades now, huh? Mm-hmm. And nothing ever gets any better. But like I say, when you have people like Senator Patrick Leahy, who represents the state of Vermont, and according to Seven Days newspaper, he bought a house back in 1978, over 40 years ago, and he claims his residency in Virginia, right? He's no longer a resident of Vermont, and he should not be representing the state of Vermont. And I'm sure there's a lot of Democrats out there that would love to have his seat in the Senate. And they surely deserve it a lot more than he does. I'll take their seat. I could lie. That's I right. Some money. Jerome will take it. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll be your assistant, right? Let's do it. We'll Let's get us a big limo. I'll be your driver. I'll just Let's drive see. us all over D.C., right? I'll, I'll talk trash. <laughs> you just got to cover me. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good gig if you can get it, right? <laughs> No, we're just kidding. We don't belong in Washington. We're just the average folks that sit here and discuss the people that are crooked. I don't know, folks. What are you going to do, huh? I got to get heading out here, though. And I want you all to tune in next Friday, 6 to 8 p.m. Hopefully... We'll have some better results to read as to what's going on in the Senate. This thing should all be put to bed. And if it doesn't, then I would love to see a full-blown investigation. All the scandals in the Ukraine, in Romania, and all throughout the world brought to the front burner. And I would love to see people be prosecuted for treason and somebody be going to jail finally. Right? So I'm going to talk to you later and I'm going to leave you with a song by the Cars. And this is called Candio. And I hope you all enjoyed the show today and have a good weekend. Bye. <laughs>